Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning and welcome to Milneton. It really is fantastic to be here. We can probably do a little bit better than that. It's more like a cheerleader. Welcome to Milneton. <laughs> Thank you. That's fantastic. I'll take that. Um, it's at this point when you realize that point twelve font is probably not the best idea with your notes. So you notice Gabe likes to preach over here. I'm putting it over here so that I can see what I'm doing and I'm realizing that you know I might be leaning in a little bit to the Lord. No, just to see what I've written. <laughs> but it really is good to be here. Um, can I just say that this morning the presence of God is really tangible in this place. I don't know if you can sense it. Or maybe it's the first time where you, you sense almost a, a weight in the room. And can I tell you that, that you need to recognize that as the weight of God. Yeah. And um, God, God shows himself in many different ways to us. Um, and one of the ways he does that is my feet burn. And I'm very excited because my feet are burning right now. <laughs> which is good for me. Because when you get up here, sometimes you feel super inadequate. Um, but I know God is good. And I'm looking forward to what he's doing today. So today in worship, we went a little bit longer, but can I tell you that we contended for something today. As a people in this community, we contended for our community. We contended for our family members. Um, And yeah, so just as a bit of an introduction this morning, if you don't know me, my name is Brett, and um, I have a wonderful wife who is very faithful. And thank you for putting up with me, babe. We've been married 14 years. She's amazing. We've got two beautiful girls. We've got Brits who's 17. She is at school here at Milnerton in grade 11. And I have another amazing child at the back doing projection. Well done, babe. I love you. You're doing a fantastic job. Sarah's at CBC, but she has been accepted at Milnerton for next year. So we are super excited about that. As the Anderson family engulfs himself in this Milnerton community, we are super excited. Um, uh, yes. So what I wanted to do today is we've been doing the God's, uh, God is series. And uh, we've got the slide up behind me. That's really good. Um, and I'll tell you what, Gabe has done a phenomenal two weeks here, uh, painting a broad picture of what God is. And I wanted to share with you today on the topic of God is faithful. Um, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to share a bit of the life changer story. Because... We need to see how faithful God is. So, Shelley and I have been part of Life Changer since 2001. It's a long time ago. I'm feeling old. But 2001, uh, we came to Cape Town. We got invited by some friends um, to attend Life Changers. But there's a story before that. So, we joined them at the Bloberg Library in 2001. But there's an incredible couple by the name of Wally and Shirley Gosmeyer. And this is a couple who have been faithful and have, have responded to the Word of God as God has led them. They were leading a church up in Freyhate, and uh, God called them to something more. They were in a good place. They had built a church up, they have a congregation, and um, things were good. But they just felt something of the more of God. And they felt that God was calling them to Cape Town. And this is a couple who had two young girls. They were in a church, it's established. And they say, right, let's hand over that church and let's respond to the call of God into the unknown. They come to Cape Town where they don't know a lot of people and they find a house in Bloberg in Jenny Lane and a church is planted or a church is started. 
on people's faith responding to the word of God. It's unseen, it's unknown, but they knew that God had shown himself faithful previously, and so they trusted God in this situation. And Wally relays a funny story. So there was no one. There was Wally and Shirley and the two girls, Laurel and Carla. So on the first Sunday, they set out all the chairs, and Wally preached to the girls, to his girls. They're like, Dad, what are we doing? He said, no, we're going to preach in faith. We're putting chairs out. And Wally and Shirley went around faithfully knocking on doors. They spoke to people in shopping queues. They went to the beach, and slowly but surely, they started to show people God's faithfulness and people got saved and people joined the church. From their home, they went to the Health and Record Club, which is now the Virgin Active. And um, that was an interesting scenario. They did kids' church in the bathrooms. It's called commitment. Um, Can you imagine that? You come to church and your kids go to the bathrooms to do kids' church. But God can work anywhere. He's not in a box. Um, They had their service in what they called the fishbowl. So people would be up on a treadmill. You like my treadmill running? You can tell it around the treadmill. On their spinning bikes, looking down on people just worshipping God. Thank goodness they weren't there for too long. And they went to the Bloberg Library, which is behind, close to Ornsehasey. And that's where Shelley and I joined the story with our kids. A child at that one point of time. And from there, I don't know how many people here, probably about 60-ish. With the amount of people that are here in faith... We trusted God for land and to build our own building. And with the number of people here, a faithful God supplied. We bought land, we built a building, and we moved into the Tableview site. It's an incredible story. That site, Wally and Shirley nurtured it with the people. Our congregation grew again. It got established. And around 2011, 2012, Wally and Shirley started to feel... Again, they've set up a church. They started with nothing, bought land, built a church, sowed into the Tableview community. The church exploded, and God's going again. I've got more for you. So that started a process that on the 15th of September 2013, Mark and Candace from Pletson and their savages, as Mark calls them, their three boys into the picture of Life Changes Church, into our story to impact a community. And it was a beautiful thing that to see a Wally and Shirley Gerst might have been faithful in Freyheit, faithful here, and again, they had established a church and God was calling them to more. They could easily have just said, actually, I'm just going to keep it here. You know, we're gonna, this is comfortable for us. But they responded again to the faithfulness of God in their lives. And, and, and Wally and Shirley raised a baby and gave it lock, stock, and barrel to Mark and Candace. There we go open hand. Can I tell you the faithfulness of God? So Wally, trans, Wally and Shirley transitioned the leadership of the church to Mark and Candace. Can I tell you that churches all over South Africa were watching us? Just because of relationships that the guys have across the country. Generally, transitions don't work. I'll be very honest with you. Not when the guy who was leading the church before is still on the eldership team when the new guy steps in. Because as much as we love Jesus and we are one body, God calls us to different things. So when somebody does something that's very different to you, it's hard, especially if it was your baby. But I can tell you something. For those of you that don't know Wally Gersmeyer, what an incredible man 
who is humble. He, he, he responds to the faithfulness of God. Do you know that in September this year will be three years? Three years since the transition. And we are going strong. And God has released Wally and Shirley into their next season of life. They're traveling apostolically. They're being invited all over the world to speak into the life of churches as they step into and respond to a faithful God. God is opening doors for them. So from the Life Changers story, we've had three church plants. We've got Anton and Lee who are in Brackenfell. We've got Murray and Michelle that are in Jeffreys Bay. And we have Gabe and Fiona Phillips at Milnerton. Welcome to Milnerton. Week 16. I hope it's week 16. Somewhere around there. Week 16. And so it just really paints a picture of God's faithfulness in, in the story. Um, um, and which brings us to the title of our message today, that God is faithful. I, I don't know how to actually put into words, and I'm going to try to the best of my ability, of how faithful God is. God is not some mystic being that floats out there, and when you... All your stars align. You hit the jackpot. Um, this series, I believe, is to reposition our view of God and how we see God. And that needs to change the way that we live. Gabe made a statement last week that what you think about God or how you see God will shape how you live. So can I tell you that if you, if you don't have the correct view of God, and I think a lot of us in a, in, in a lot of areas of our lives don't have the correct view of God. And the problem with that is that how we view God in that area will determine how we live that area out. And so this series, if you haven't heard the other two preachers, we, our God is series, please go onto our website. All the resources are there from Tableview and from Milnerton. Download them, listen to them. I guarantee you, they will change you. It's very exciting. Can we pray? Father God, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are faithful and that you are true. And I pray that the men and women that are here today, Father God, would be deeply impacted by your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you do the work here this morning. It's got less to do about me and a whole lot to do about you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and that you will do it. So this morning, I'd like to look at uh, our first scripture in 2 Timothy 2 from verse 11. It should come up behind us if you've got your Bibles with you. Um, let's read that together. So it says, Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot disown himself. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He cannot disown himself. That's incredible. That even though when we're unfaithful, we serve a God who remains faithful to us. Yeah. 
As we run from him, he still pursues us. As we get it wrong, he still pursues us. I looked up the the definition of faithful in the Oxford Dictionary, and it says to be loyal, consistent, steadfast, or resolute. Faithful implies unwavering adherence, sorry, for uh, unwavering adherence to a person or thing or oath or promise by which a tie was contracted. That's the God we serve. He is faithful. If you look at it in the Greek, the word is pistos. means trustworthy. In our day and age, the word trustworthy is a big word. Because I don't know how trustworthy people are. So when we hear the word trustworthy, I'm not sure how well it resonates Because our view of the word trustworthy is iffy. And so when we hear about a God that is trustworthy, I believe we respond, yeah, but, yeah, Lord, really, that's quite big. I'm not sure, trustworthy, steadfast, resolute, unwavering. We've got to have a correct view of God that's going to impact our lives and how we live. The first two uh, sermons of this series, um, Gabe preached God. Gabe preached out of Genesis 1. If you've never read the Bible, can you go and read Genesis 1? It's incredible when you read the words of God. In there it speaks, God spoke first on I am. When God said, I am who I am. And it speaks of a creator God. Um, and it, and, that's, and it says, that if your God looks, uh, Gabe made a statement, he said, if your God looks a lot like you, it's probably not God. That's just super convenient for you, because then God fits your box, and you can just carry on with how you're living. There were two other big statements that said, God meets us in our weakness. The problem is, we don't like to show weakness, we don't like to have accountability. Because in, in the world that we live in, weakness is not a strength doesn't work. You're inadequate if you are weak. God says, actually, I will meet you in your weakness. The other thing that Gabe said is that God will meet you at your point of faith. For me, that is one of the most encouraging things because sometimes I think you've got to stand there with a crank and you think, yes, I've really got to get this right. I've got to work this thing up for God to meet me. It's not true. We serve a faithful God that pursues you and pursues you and pursues you. And He will meet you at your point of faith, no matter how small your faith is. You can take that to the bank. We serve a Creator God. A God, if you look at the Genesis 1 story, it says that the Spirit hovered above the earth. And a Creator God that formed from nothing, He spoke and stars were flung into the universe. He, he created the earth. He created day and night. And then he, he paints a beautiful picture of how God came down and he, he took the dust of the earth and he formed you and I. And then he came in close and he breathed life. 
into us. We've got to have the correct view of God. Because when we know He's for us, it puts courage and boldness and strength on the inside of us. When we know where we come from, we are not random. We are not mistakes. We are not the product... I can't remember who said this, but we are not the products of, of, uh, of wild parties and poor contraception. Was it Gabe? It was good. It was very good. Because there are people in this room that that has been spoken over your life. That you were a mistake. That you were unplanned. Actually, God says that from before the beginning of time, you were chosen. The problem is we don't live that way. We choose to believe that we were a mistake. And we use that as a mistake, as, as a crutch, and an excuse of why we can't be successful, of why we never made it, of why we don't have mates, of why stuff doesn't work out. We've got to have the correct view of what God says about us. So point number one, God is faithful. He cannot deny himself, and that's very good news for us. This creator God, he has a plan and a purpose for us. And I want to share a story from my life. Um, Some of you have heard it before, so bear with me. Um, In 2006, it's my car story. I want to show you that how when I was unfaithful, God was faithful. Tyler did an incredible job last week. He also preached on faithfulness. He spoke of the story of Joseph. But I felt that God wanted us to share, well, in this context, for me to share a more modern-day story of my own life. So Shelley and I were both working for the same company. We were making good money. Things were good. It was great. And then I, I felt I deserved a new car. Anyone, anyone here feel they deserve stuff? Eh? I deserve it. I deserve it. I've worked hard. Anyway, so Shelley and I had a chat and we decided, oof, Tucson, this is the way. Went, looked, got it all done, got the papers ready. I felt God say, oh, sorry, just before that. I did all the right things, eh? Did the numbers, we had enough money. Went to the leadership, said, hey, guys, this is what we want to do. Just want to be accountable. Here's our budget. Here's our boom, 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 guys. And we said, hey, that's great. But we called to be led by the spirit of truth. We called to submit to leadership, and seek counsel, but we're called to be led by the Spirit of Truth. God said to me clearly, don't buy that car. It's like, God, I'm buying the car. He said to me, don't buy that car. I'm like, God, are you joking? Check. Here's my spreadsheet. Here's my money. Been to the church, spoken to the guys. It's hundreds. God said to me, don't buy that car. I said, God, I'm buying that car. I deserve that car. So what do I do? Buy the car. Beautiful. Just a little note on the side. My wife said, babe, are you sure? I said, babe, I got this. <laughs> a good wife, submit. <laughs> Ladies don't like that word, eh? Don't like it. Wives, submit. Submit. Just sit, just sit there, please. <laughs> so buy the car. But God is clever. And God is faithful. Because what God knew is that two years later, Shelley and I were moving forward in our relationship with Christ, we were making good decisions, and we decided that Shelley should be at home with the kids. That was a decision decision that we took. So Shelley stopped work, and all of a sudden we we, were earning like half of what we were earning. 
but we felt God say this is what we needed to do. And about four months in, my beautiful Tucson from 2006 when I was earning lots of money suddenly was costing eight, nine grand a month. We're paying for a car, couldn't put food on the table. That's fine, God. I know what I'm doing. And that story plays itself out where we had to make good decisions. I just want to double check here. We had to make some good decisions. We had some tough times, but we got through that period. We had to sell that car. We had to buckle down. Uh, we had to swallow our pride. There was a point when we got to three days before the end of the month, and we had nothing. Nothing. I remember having to go to the church and say to, I uh, met with Wally. I said, Wally, can, can we get some food for the girls just so that they can eat? My unfaithfulness was a shocker. But God was so faithful. He put people in our lives to steer us, to help us. And we'd also made good financial decisions at not carry on with any debt, cancelling debt. Um, and uh, I want to ask you, what does your story look like? What stories do you have? And can you see God's hand in it? What stories do you have where you've seen that you've been unfaithful? But can I tell you, when you start making the right decisions for Christ, when you start getting a handle on your debt, when you start making good decisions for Christ, God is faithful. And even though you can't see it in the beginning, you don't know where it's going to come from, God comes through every single time. Um, And I want to ask you, what are you going to do about your story? What are you going to do about your story? Because if God is not in your story, can I tell you, you're not in a good space. Might be quite bold to say that from here. It's not a criticism. It's not a rebuke. It's just the truth. If any decision you are making does not include God, you're going to have a problem. doesn't matter how clever you think you are or how well educated you are. You need to get a handle on what God says and who He is. Which brings us to our second point, that God is plan A. He is the one who gives us our gifts, our talents, and our abilities. And we are the spin doctors of this culture. We are so good at it. How many here have used the phrase, I'll make a plan? And when you say make a plan, what you mean is if plan A doesn't work, then I can schmuckle a few things, then there's plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, I've got a plan C. And if plan C doesn't work, I've got a plan D. And some of us even have a plan E. I don't believe that that's what God's called us to. Not a faithful God who's pursuing us. He needs to be the A plan. Plan A. And a lot of our living in today, right now, jobs are under pressure. You're having to work more for less money. Family units are under pressure. Kids are under pressure. 
marriages are under pressure through day-to-day living. If you do not have the correct view of God, it's very, very difficult. Matthew 6, verse 25, from verse 25, I don't have it up here, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not not much more uh, valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And then it jumps down to verse 34 and it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Every single person in this room can identify with what that scripture says. That was written thousands of years ago. Thousands. God is very clever. He knows what he's doing. Yet, we run on the hamster wheel of life thinking that we can work it out. God needs to be your plan A. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Because when you look at it in the natural, it doesn't add up. But that's the God we serve. Because he does it. He does it. I think the people of our age are becoming despondent when the wheels come off because they don't have the right view of God. In our human nature, we're trying to squeeze God into a box under our terms, under our conditions, with our skewed views of what we think it should look like. We need to come to the place where we have a right view of God. We need to be willing to surrender our lives to Him and apply what the Word of God says to our lives in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to lead us into God's A plan for our lives. Now, for some people, that looks different. It's not all the same for everybody. But I can tell you that God is faithful and God is true and He will do it. I wrote here, it's not God's fault that we're drowning in debt. It's not God's fault that things are tough at work. It's not God's fault for broken relationships. Again, those things, we need to believe what God says. We're all on a journey, and we need to take responsibility for our actions. If God hasn't been our plan A, it looks like this, our journey, mountains and valleys, mountains and valleys. And I love that, uh, that definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. A lot. But thank goodness we have a faithful God who pursues us, who loves us, who makes a way for us. I want to share a story of uh, just how faithful God can be in these times. When you have a family, when you're working hard, when when you're trying to make enough bucks to survive. We were in a situation again Amazing again. More me, my wife, just supports me. Thank you, babe. Um, We've learned a lot. 
we got to a point where, you know, when you have X amount of money, and when that money gets down to the last, you know exactly to the cent how much money you have in your wallet. Okay? Exactly. You've petrol, donut, piece of meat, not a piece of meat, two-minute noodles, eggs. You know exactly what's happening. I remember Shelley and I were on this journey. We'd be trusting God radically, daily for stuff. And God takes us all on this journey. So if you're in this space, you're not the only one. And uh, I remember sitting in the service and the offering basket was going around. I had a thousand rand in my wallet. And I felt that was, that was it. So I'm running a business, got to put fuel on a car, got to put food on the table, thousand bucks. God said, put half in. I was like, are you joking? Are you joking? Half. So I'm so thankful that I listened because God was slowly showing his faithfulness again more and more. Took 500 bucks, put in the offering box. That day, that afternoon we were at home, there was a knock on the door. Opened the door as a friend of mine. He said, I felt God say I needed to give you this. He handed me something through the gate. He said, thanks, cheers, I'm out of here. Wonderful. Open it up, pick and pay voucher for a thousand rand. That afternoon. That is the God we serve. If you dare to trust him, it gets crazy. It gets more crazy. Shelley and I know, we know how much food we bought. There was a season we would go to our cupboard. Whether you believe me or not, doesn't matter, because I know what my God did for me. We'd open the cupboard and there'd be food. And then we would use that food. And we'd go back to the cupboard and open the cupboard and there was still food. And then we'd use that food. And then we'd go back to the cupboard and there was still food. And you know you didn't buy that food, yet it's not, it doesn't run out. It's unbelievable. It's in the Bible. Happened a few times. You can go and find it. We serve a creator God who loves us, who pursues us, who is faithful. I had times driving in my car, get in my car, caught a tank of fuel, drive, get home, car's on reserve. Say, God, now what? Got no bucks. Get in the car the next morning, turn the key, quarter tank. I promise you, we serve an unbelievably radical God. If you dare to trust Him, He will provide. Drive all day, come home, car's on reserve. Get up the next morning, hmm, quarter tank. Here we go again. Thank you, God. What, what car was that? Yeah. It's a fair question. It was an Uno. Could have been part of that. When you park it, the fuel comes back down into the tank, drips out the motor. No, it's a good point. No, sorry, God, we're not going to give you that one because the other ones. No. Yeah. Um, and so, this scripture in Matthew 6, if you make a note of it, Matthew 6 from 25, verse 25, where it speaks about do not worry. That is a big thing for us. But we've got to get the right view of God. And I hope that some of these stories are, are encouragement and they give you, they give you yes to, to trust God yeah. and what He's doing. Which brings us to our point three. God is redemptive. Thanks, Kate. 
that Timothy scripture again, where it says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. Then it goes down to say, if we disown him, he will also disown us. It's quite a scary scripture. And what that's referring to is that if we die with him and we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are raised up with him. But some of us are living a lifestyle where we are continually disowning God. We're disowning God, disowning God, disowning God. And God says, I will disown you. That's quite scary. But I can tell you that God is a God who loves you. He created you. He's pursuing you. And we need to know that you will never be ready if you've never found Christ as your personal Savior. You're never ready. You're never going to have it all together. It's literally a choice to stop and say, Christ, I'm in. Take my mess. Take my brokenness. And I'm in. While praying for this, I got a picture of, of, of someone coming with a cup full of all the broken pieces of their life. And just saying, here it is. Here I am. This is the sum total of my brokenness. I'm empty. And can I tell you that God is faithful? He has called you to be adopted as a son and daughter. That's what the Bible says. He was there when you were formed in your mother's womb. We've got to have the correct view of God. It's a beautiful thing when you start to believe what God says about you. And he plays out his redemptive plan with Jesus Christ on the cross who took our sin on in its entirety for everything you did yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's a true story. Deal with it. It's not about you. It's about a creator God that wants a life with you. He wants intimacy with you. He wants a relationship with you, his son, his daughter. We need to deal with it. Stop making excuses. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, what you've done. Your God is calling you. God is who he says he is. And he is your redeemer. Can I ask you to stand and and bow your heads for me? Just as a brief praise today, I just feel there's the reason why I love this man and many more. But one of the reasons I love him is just that this man, what he says, comes from a place he's lived. And if you hear his stories, it's not this not cheap. Easy theology is not like, cool, God is faithful, a religious line, I get you spots, because he's, he's experienced it. And as he shared this morning, I, I actually feel that God wants to bring breakthrough in this area of trust, especially in the area of finance. I feel that uh, it's often that people, we say, yes, God is faithful, but finance is something that we often hold on to ourselves. I'm going to make a plan. And if you want to breakthrough in the area of finance and say, God, but it's going to start with me trusting you and knowing you're faithful, I want you to say, I'm in as well in this moment, this prayer. Detach yourself from the religious, God is faithful. Yeah, God is faithful. It's not a religious saying. It's who we want God to know. You need to know who God is. So I'm going to ask Brett, even if you can, as you pray, to include us as people trusting on a financial journey. Mm. Say, God, would you help us? Because it's, it's really hard sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So can you pray? Sure.
Yeah, Father God, I just want to thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are faithful and true. And I want to thank you for your sons and daughters that are standing here. And there are some sons and daughters that don't even know that they're sons and daughters. And in this moment, Father God, I thank you that you would reveal yourself to them and show them how worthy, how acceptable, how loved they are, regardless of the mess. Because you're not a God that is concerned too much about the mess. You want our hearts, Father. You want us to submit to you, and then you sort out the rest. And Father God, I want to declare for your sons and daughters in this place, in the area of finance, in the area of good stewardship, in the area of budgeting, in the area of being accountable with other people, of opening their lives and say, actually, this is where we're at. Can you help us? Father God, I thank you for radical breakthroughs. I thank you, Father God, that we would radically trust you. As credit cards are cut up, as we say, actually, God, no more debt. No more debt. I'm taking a stand. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Your word says you'll provide for me. We did it, Father, in our family. And you were faithful. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for the breakthrough in the area of finance. And Father God, if there's anybody here, I just want to put this appeal out, that if there's anybody here where this is stirred in you, and you're saying, sure, I hear you, but this is not making sense. But I want it to make sense. I want to actually come into relationship with this Creator God. Can I ask you, please, just to quickly pop your hand up. I'd love to pray with you. Um, if you're saying, actually, God, I want to make a commitment to you. I want to, I want to experience this faithful God. Yeah, let us pray. Father God, I thank you for those hands that went up. I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you are faithful and true. I thank you that you break in, Father God. I thank you for your goodness, for your provision. And most of all, Father God, I thank you that you are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. In your mighty name, amen.